It's time to feel the rage. Welcome to Film Rage, where we talk movies in theaters, streaming, and classic films as well. Directors and actors, beware as you cannot hide from the rage. My name is Bryce, and I'm part of the Film Rage crew, which also includes Jim. Hey, Jim. Hey, hey, Bryce. And Murray, who must have been in heaven this week as he got to see his man Liam Neeson in the action-packed movie Blacklight. Hey there, Merman. Yo. So with the introductions out of the way, let's rage on. And Bryce and I were firmly planted in the pits of hell. In fact, probably the lowest circle of hell. Well, thanks to all who have been supporting us. If you love our independent podcast, please support us and join the Film Rage community by joining our membership at buymeacoffee.com forward slash Film Rage YYC. All members get special episodes and content only for members, and all members that sign up will get a special limited edition Film Rage merch item. Get them while they're hot, just like you are who's listening. If you cannot commit to a membership, you can still buy us a terrible movie rental and dare us to see it. And you know what? We will. Thanks to our, our listeners from all over the world. You make this a perfect day on earth that you listen to us. Now go forth and rage. Movies are back at Canyon Meadow Cinemas. We are open for your viewing pleasure with great new films opening weekly. All health-regulated protocols are in effect for a safe and enjoyable experience. And don't forget, we should be your first choice for your next birthday party or special event. Can't make it to the cinema? We got you covered. Order concessions from our online store, and you can either choose curbside pickup, or get them delivered via Skip the Dishes, Uber Eats, or DoorDash. For more details, go to canyonmeadowscinemas.ca. Here at CMC, we would like to thank you for your continued support. And we are looking forward to seeing you at the movies. We've been streaming, we've been streaming, doing what? Yeah, we've been streaming, Jim. But not everything on our assigned list. Never. Not even murder. Bryce is a rebel just like me. Yeah, this week. Ketchup and potatoes here. (laughs) Yum, yum. We're back to Dum Dum. Yes. We watched a movie on Shudder. Dum Dum. Uh, it is called All the Moons. Uh, All the Moons is a tale of a young girl in the late, de- late 19th century who is saved from certain death by being turned into a vampire by a woman with somewhat ulterior motives. It is a gritty and beautiful film about family and loss. Took a little bit to get into, but once I did, I was all the way in. The dynamic between the girl and the father figure of sorts was well done. There are so many good scenes in this, and one really bad one that affects uh, what, that the effects department needed to do better. 
Um, the scene where the girl rises from under the snow really needed to be reshot. The goopy snow that looked more like a vanilla milkshake than, a, than snow really needed to go. I like the deliciousness of yeah. ice cream. And then in the next scene that takes place moments later, her hair that was just covered in wet snow is bone dry. Not really possible. Um, I'm going to choose to ignore that two minutes of this film. And yes. Normally, I would let that wreck the entire thing for me. It would, yeah. But I'm going to focus on the tremendous amount of emotion I felt for the main characters and how truly great this was. This is the second best vampire film I've ever seen. All the Moons was Mondo. Snap. Okay. Well, let's hear it from our resident... No, I actually, no, it's, I, your turn. it's my turn, but we're going we're gonna to let the resident vampire expert take on this at the very closing. Oh, we are. Get ready for it, people. All right. Well, first off, this was in a language that I don't think I've ever seen a movie made in. I don't know what Basque is. Spain, I believe. It's a part of French Sp- Spanish. Yeah. yeah. It's cool. And I thought that was very, very, very neat that it had kind of a a different language than we're used to seeing films in. So kudos to that. Um, And the film also had a subtitle in maybe that language. Largi Gustiak, maybe? I'm thinking. Maybe. I don't know. It's cool. First off, need to know my passion and confused feelings that I have with nuns at all times. I am frightened by them, but at the same time, Listening to the Monk's Bad Habits album to death as a young man, I've also been very turned on by nuns. Mm. You got a nun a movie. I'm already dialed in. And in the first five minutes of this film, I am fully jacked. Because I thought it was going to be a nun movie. (laughs) But it's not. But alas, as with nuns go, they don't stay long. (sighs) So much to do, so little time. Then the real... Story of our CLF starts to unwind. So, you all know what that means. CLFs usually mean ugh, but what an undertaking by this lead actress. Very good. I hope I pronounced this right. Hazia Carneros, maybe? Maybe. Maybe. This film is all her, and she is brilliant. The levels of complexity in this film are very deep and would be a challenge for any actor, let alone a young person, in their very first film. Calling this a horror is a stretch. But there are many horrific scenes, and parts of this are horrifying. But this is a very unique film. As you realize, she's a vampire. But we are... Not, not always clear about what the rules that govern this vampire universe, just like our heroine, is just as confused. This film is dark. It's full of religious overtones and some awkward insinuations at times, which makes the story even more complex and creepy and unique. It's got influences from my girl, the movie. My girl. Yeah. You know, my girl. Uh, Frankenstein, Interview with a Vampire, Let the Right One In. And also, it's a period piece. So much easier to find dead bodies back in the middle of a war zone or when it's a famine. Oh, (laughs) the good old days when you could just find dead bodies lying around everywhere. This film is so, so beautifully shot. The dogma in this film is so cool and well done as a period piece. This new approach to an old horror genre was fresh and and the darkness 
and simmering evil on this was slow and percolating like a delicious cup of coffee. So much that it brewed a delicious fresh batch of old style New Rules Vampire of Mondo. Nice. I love this film. It was so good. It was so dark. And oh. so, um, I want to say unpredictable. Yeah. I didn't know where at all. And even little scenes at the ends, I don't want to ruin so much of the end of it. But there's a scene at the end where she bumps into somebody from before. And it's oh, just like, they're yeah. so, it's so. How great was that? It was so good. And she's amazing. She's, this kid, I want to see her in everything. No, no like, this was a fantastic I want to see her in film. Super Bowl commercials. I want to see her in, in, um. You know, like comedies. I want to see her. I in, want to I see, her. see what she does in everything. She is great. And maybe this we'll be movie lucky. movie was great. I'm going to track her down and see if she'll be on our show. And what say you, Mer? Now, keep in mind that this is the the resident vampire expert. Murray doesn't know what horror movies are. We're slowly introducing him to what horror movies are. But he does know vampires. Um, I obviously watched the wrong film. <laughs> I don't know what the hell you two are talking about. Um, yeah. Uh, okay, I'm sounding a little like a broken record now. Isn't Shudder supposed to have horror films? Oh, there was horror it's in the third this. time in a row I'm disappointed by a movie that's supposed to be horror. And you know it's what? not. I'll take a fantastic movie whether it's horror or not. That's right. And as you said, vampire films happen to be a favorite of mine. I'm not an expert, but it is one of my my favorite horror genre. It is, uh, it is your favorite horror genre, is it not? This one hardly qualifies. Apart from the drinking blood and living forever thing... This really wasn't a vampire flick. The, um, no killing, no yeah. sucking blood, That's no flying, agree. no wooden stakes. Yeah. None of that. Doesn't need it. Didn't he like the fact that the bees, though, were afraid of her? Never. Like, that's pretty cool. That was uh, cool. And the main character just walked around the day in the daytime in direct su- daylight, but sunlight. But wasn't there a little explanation? There was no, a transference the, of her. There was a transference. I, uh, anyway. A mud bath. It was a mud bath. It, it reminded me of Bryce's favorite vampire movie. That the right one in? Twilight. That, that's not my favorite vampire movie. I assume that it would was. be number three now. Because that, that one had <laughs> vampires playing baseball in the middle of the day. Which was so, awesome. So, yeah. Wait, now I'm confused. I don't know where to argue here. Meanwhile. Because Twilight is terrible. Every but- other vampire in this film can't be near sunlight and like they burst She's the flames. the birth yes. of a but new she, generation. She apparently can just walk around and go to church. Right. Go Did to church. Did you fall asleep during A vampire the- going to there church? Was a, there was a transformation. Whatever. Um, much like the last film I watched on Shutter, this had just been a drama about an old guy raising an orphan. It might have been a meh. But a vampire film with no vampires is a rage. Oh. Watch Let the Right One In. It's so much better. Absolutely watch Let it the is, Right yeah, One In. It is. Yeah, it's number one. And it is better. But I honestly, this is the no. second best vampire movie no, I have not ever even watched. Close. I would say it's up there for me too. I, I, I'm I, not saying I love the vampire genre. I do. I did like Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Pee Wee's death scene. But yeah, that is that, that might be the be- one of the best, best, best scenes, scenes ever all. made. <laughs> so and good. I think we can all agree on that, right, Mer? Pee-wee's death scene? And yeah, the, uh, it was humorous. It was the best. Come on. Uh, Where have you seen a better death scene than Pee-wee's was, death? Alice was a bigger fan of the Never. Anyway. Well, apparently, we're at polar opposites. Yes. Speaking yes. of polar, we're going to talk about a movie 
that's in the Northern Hemisphere that these two didn't watch. I watched about 15 minutes of it. All right. I watched zero minutes of it. Okay. Well, it's called Anne Plus, and it's on Netflix. And it's spinoff of an actual TV program by the same name, which you can't get anywhere, by the way. I just oh, really? tried to figure that I did, out. Because I looked it up. I was like, oh, yeah, I kind of wanted a TV series. I kind of wanted to see it, and now I can't. So just in time for Valentine's Day, we got a love story unlike most you will ever find. Mm. This is a story of love, relationships, friendships, community, and one woman's journey that... We, as the viewer, get invited into. <clears throat> I don't think that a lot of people are going to be comfortable while watching this film. And not because it's part of the LBGTQ plus community, and they are not. It's because this film is probably more real and vulnerable than most love and relationships films ever get to. The characters in this film <clears throat> seem so real to me. The insight we are granted into this community of people is loving, supportive, and fresh. It's probably more fresh than anything you've ever seen when it comes to this type of community type film. Uh, you get uh, from this completely um, a non-binary film and for us people that live in maybe the bi binary world it's something that most people aren't going to really understand I think just like our heroine and her journey the film is summed up in a very telling line that perhaps all of us should do more of the best investment you can make is in memories it's something that completely resonates with me as I continue to age. And plus was an introspective and heartwarming mondo. I wanted to do a bit of unpacking, but apparently we won't be able to unpack anything because these two have nothing to add. The characters were real. At times it felt like a documentary because the acting was so brilliant. And it just got a really good... Not it, I was as I was watching it. I'm thinking to myself, this is the way that movies need to be made, where people all speak their language, and everybody is the character that they're portraying. They have a, a character in there that is, um, I guess, part of the plus side of uh, the LGBTQ plus, and there is a person that's transitioning. So it's it's so well done. It's just I, I people have to see this, and I think all people on all levels of spectrum is Mondo and it's on Netflix it's on Netflix it as is Big Bug Big, Big Bug Jim insisted that we see oh yes I certainly by did Jean-Pierre Junet yes no idea who he was apparently he did Jean-Pierre Junet he's one of my favorite directors of there all times just the story is a group of bickering suburbanites find themselves stuck together with an android uprising causes their well-intentioned household robots to lock them down for their own safety. And this was actually set in the future, 2050, I believe, is the year they picked, where basically everything's automated, which I am in constant fear of. <laughs> I think most of us are. Well, to borrow a phrase in this film, this movie was homo ridiculous. Nice. Absurd to the max. Deeply weird, however you want to put it. The Yonix robot was truly creepy with his Robocop face and Terminator body. Nice. But not as creepy as watching the lead actress and the greasy old dude trying to have sex for like 90 minutes in the movie. It actually made me nauseous. 
Um, now, this film did have some humorous moments. And the house robots were highly entertaining, especially the walking Einstein brain. But the story was lacking, and it kind of made me hate technology even more than I already did. You should fear the future. Just a meh. Yeah, still got it to a meh. So. I did. It, it was sort of funny, but yeah, stupid <clears throat> at the same time. I do love stupid. Mm. Big bug. Big bug. Ah, quirky and simple is this film. Visually, it is something to behold, and the set designers should be commended, but the film as a whole was just not there. No real laughs, and nothing of any real substance was there. I was hoping for so much more. If it were not for the spectacle of the environment and the clever robot designs, I would have been completely bored. But as it stands, in spite of its many shortcomings, I'm giving it a meh. But I recommend watching it with the volume and the subtitles turned off and just enjoy the world that Junae created without the pesky dialogue, weak attempts at humor, and story getting in the way. On second thought, I've changed my mind. There was too much dumb. This was a rage. There you go. See, I was being nice. I'm going to be real nice. I know you are. All right. So it's a French comedy sci-fi is what I would say. Uh, it was French and uh, it was oh, sci-fi. Oh, February. I have a feeling the remainder of this month may not destroy my soul for eternity like the past part has. Let's find out. The color saturation in this film is so amazing. I can only describe as a sumptuous and luscious experience to absorb for your eyes. I could not stop laughing or smiling all the way through this film. They have a lot of Jean-Pierre's troupe of actors he uses, plus French Francis McDormand robot and Lance Hendrickson lookalike robot. Uh, And true to form, as I was wondering at what point in the film, I would be blessed by the signature French gratuitous nudity. And then voila, in an episode of Homo Ridiculous, we get Human Zoo. Ah, thank you, Jean-Pierre. You always deliver. Every character, including the robots, are well-designed and constructed and fully developed. I loved every single frame of this fantastical futuristic sci-fi full of sarcasm, backhanded insults to humanity and technology, and the cutest Jack Russell you will ever see in a movie. Jean-Pierre, as I have said for years, has a grasp of the absurd and characters unchallenged by any other director except maybe Wes Anderson. My dream in life is to have them team up to make the perfect movie that has ever existed, which up until now has been Flea. But there is still hope, so we will see. I'm still young enough to perhaps see them team up to make a film. If you doubt what I am saying, expect to see robots flying, sorry, trying to be human, sex robots, robots implying sex with humans, robot humor, freaky ass evil robots, robot quorums, and of course, robots that can clean up dog vomit on a moment's notice. And that's only what we get from just the robot awesomeness in this film. That doesn't even include any of the humanity and amazing things the homo ridiculous offers and that is meant with a double meaning murray this movie is darn near perfect this film is a fucking mondo i hated it i loved every single frame of it perhaps the jokes were just over both of your heads which i can understand you don't fully understand french they were not it was completely awesome I got most of the humor. I just found most of the humans in the in the movie annoying. I love the robot. That was intentional. 
I hated it. I can't believe you didn't like this. I hated it. Oh, it was so good. I so, so, so good. As I say, I, if I didn't have the sound on, it might have made him mad. But then I, I had to qualify. Wait a second. You kind of got to watch a movie with the sound with on. With the ridiculous oh, dialogue. I thought the dialogue, the dialogue was amazing. The dialogue uh, was terrible. Amazing. It was perfect. I Every line it. was perfect. The interaction of the robots and the humans was fantastic. It was awful. This was probably the best movie I'll see this year. It will not be. It's terrible. Okay, it's then. perfect in every way. Hated it. Loved it. Well, that's enough of that. <laughs> All right. We also went to the cinemas. Yeah, we did. Yeah, baby. Bryce saw all three in one day. Indeed. Indeed I did. Indeedly doodly. Uh, we're going to open with Death on the Nile. Uh, Death on the Nile was not as bad as I thought it would be. Another Agatha Christie novel adaptation from director and star Kenneth Branagh. After the disaster that was Murder on the Orient Express, my expectations were very low for this one. But with a good supporting cast, Branagh pulls off a watchable mystery. The bad includes the performance of Gal Gadot, who was out of place in a sea of competent actors, and the lack of chemistry between her and Army Hammer, who is as dull as I've ever seen him. Yes. Um, I would be remiss if I didn't mention the, that the shots of Egypt look more like a Pixar production than a live action feature. Still, there were layers to this interpretation of Poirot, and as mentioned, the supporting cast delivers which included the likes of um, Russell Brand, Emma McMackey, um, Ali Fazal, Letitia Wright, who was great, and Annette Bening. Um, this was a very watchable murder mystery, bookended by a couple of scenes that made me understand more about Poirot the man, which I kind of liked. Death on the Nile was meh. And that was a whole lot better than I thought it was going to be. As did I. I was going to see we should preface this by this was probably one of the films I was most dreading at the cinemas. And yet, it's the best movie we saw in cinemas. I'm going to I'm gonna go on a limb here and make a prediction. <laughs> That's what I'm going to say. Uh, period piece remake sleuth film? That's a lot of bad. I know it does. Uh, the good, the acting, the music... The cinematography, the pacing, Annette Bening's dialogue, and Annette Bening, because I love her so much. Kenneth Branagh, and actually, for the most part, his French accent. For the most part. It has an LBGTQ plus addition to the story, which was fantastic. The bad was the amount of up-close shots. I think Kenneth Branagh uses this way too much. The casting of people in the wrong culture with the wrong accents, in particular Annette Benning, who I have already mentioned that I'm in love with, but I don't love her British accent. The fact that this film was even made, period, which it never needed to be because the original is actually pretty damn it's good. good. So yeah, this was a meh. I, uh, I was really looking into hating this and then I actually enjoyed it. But I have to agree with you 100%. I used to like Army Hammer. I don't know why. Yeah. But after seeing this, he was awful. He and, was awful. And Gal, and Gal Gadot was also terrible. awful. Like, I'm just like, they were way out of place with this no, class they, they're of actors. Exactly. They, they looked just out of place. They were, they were yeah, surrounded by like, actors, and they 
don't seem like and they Russell are Brandt? Like, Russell Brand was so good. He was so good. Yeah. So good. Anyway, Murph, we'll talk about more. What do you got to say? Quite a bit, actually. All right. I just keep adding more notes. Um, <laughs> well, Sweet. Um, I had the advantage of not seeing the original and never having read the book. Okay. So I genuinely had, Is this no, an advantage? I had no idea who the killer was. Ah. That enabled me to truly enjoy this film as whodunit slash mysteries are my real favorite movie genre. Mm-hmm. Okay. They're just not done well anymore. Um, I also enjoyed Murder on the Orient Express, although I did know how that one was going to turn out. Um, See, I, so I, even if I hadn't have known, I would have known from the first five well, minutes no, of like the movie that, that, that who was going to be guilty. That book was ruined for me before I ever got a chance to read it. No, I mean this one. For this movie, no. it's so obvious who the killers were. No, I, I, I was. I oh, was okay. totally engrossed. Oh, well, good. Um, and we were treated to Laser Ultra. Laser Ultra. Which is Landmark's version of IMAX. No 3D, no AVX, no mm-hmm. rumble seats, but the screen was huge and the sound was immersive. It was. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought the cast was amazing. Uh, as you previously pointed out, Russell Brand, who I have pretty much always hated, was actually phenomenal. You didn't even know it was him till the end. I didn't even end. know until the end. No idea. It was I him. was like, oh my he, God, Russell Brand. Because he wasn't this. behaving like a jackass. He was actually He's a good actor. He was He's acting. a good actor. I didn't know he could do that. And I don't know you guys maybe not aware of two of the ladies in the supporting cast, mm. French and Saunders from the long running TV show, a British TV show. They're basically legends yeah. in England. Yeah, yeah. And they were like as straight as possible. Like they like didn't, I don't think maybe crack two jokes the whole movie. Like they even said when they were interviewed, it's like, we didn't know we could pull this off because we're used to humor yeah they're the jokesters yeah. yeah but just putting them in the movie just added it's incredibility well i think that it adds to i mean brand's also a comedian right like yeah, and Br- well brand like i said he was so disguised he pretty knew it was him some of some of the some of the best actors that are comedians can transition to dramatic well, and, roles and, yeah. amazing. and to kind of similarly bring up the point sasha baron cohen yeah can't stand his campy crap. I, I don't like I that. What's his name? That Borat stuff. I think is stupid. It's awesome. But when he acts like he can act, he's actually impressive. He's he's no one can beat him. Anyway, um, yeah, the story was engrossing and the cinematography was breathtaking. Uh, I've never been to Egypt, and now I can add that to my bucket list. Just gotta check out those pyramids. And yeah, it was it was an amazing story. Uh, this was a mondo. Cool. Hmm. I, th- I had a couple of points where I was kind of pissed off, though, as we're watching. Um, they open up and you see the pyramids. Mm-hmm. And then they had to obviously mention that they were in Egypt. <laughs> it's like, I'm sorry. What other you know country? Those aren't the pyramids what, in South Dakota? That's, that's the pyramids. <laughs> or they show, or again, they show a picture of uh, Tower Bridge in London and they go, London. Oh, I think six well, months later. It's got to be five or but six cities least, that have a tower bridge. At least they actually traveled <laughs> to Egypt and shot the stuff themselves. Like, they didn't use a, a background stage, nothing like that. They actually and went why did it look like location. a picture? They, they definitely do, did some touching up, and it looked oh, like they might Pixar. Have. Well, because it was on Laser Ultra. It was like freaking IMAX. It was because we're not used to seeing things so clear. Oh, is that what it is? It was so clear. It looked fake. It was fake. shot on IMAX, and we were like 20 feet away. And it looked fake because <laughs> it was so clear. Yeah, I if you were at your usual seat in the I back row, you probably, you probably wouldn't notice. was going to pop out from behind the pyramids. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. 
<laughs> the guy, the lamp guy that squishes things. I don't even know. I don't even know if that's a lampy? character in front. I think it's Lampy. Yeah, it's oh, Lampy. Yeah, you know the lamp that like... jumps and squishes the eye yeah. in Pixar. Yeah, it's oh, Lampy. Oh, oh like yeah, lampy. that's not Frozen though. No, no, we're talking Lampy now. The original Pixar. The guy in the yes. company logo. Yeah, yeah. It. There is something off about that. I just. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Visually, it was brilliant though. I agree yeah, with you. I couldn't. I wouldn't have enjoyed this. As much if it was on a smaller screen, I think the the complete enrapture of the cinematography in this was fantastic. I, I, I completely parts. agree with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was meh. Hmm. Well, Jim? Well, I didn't see the next one, so you guys are on your own. Yeah, we did. We went to see a movie we did. called Marry Me. Yeah. On Valentine's Together. Day weekend. Together, we weekend. held hands in the in the cinema to make their, to get the romance. Their better halves. <laughs> yeah. Well, my better half said, "You wouldn't catch me dead seeing this movie." Mm. And I said, "I wish I could say the same." So. So what did you think? We saw "Marry Me," and Sarah Silverman, as always, was hilarious. Owen Wilson, as usual. Is motherfucking adorable. Oh, you no. can't help but fall in love with You're him. You're stealing my review. Exactly. Well, you can just say ditto. Now, the name of the math club was also epic. Oh, yeah. Pythons. That's so good. So good. Slutty nuns and a hoary cross dress. And I don't mean cross dresser. In a song which I'm thinking was called church it was called church was one of the funniest things yeah, i've a, ever seen in my entire life it, i never laughed for five minutes in a movie more than when right? i watched that scene this is a romance with j-lo so the story was exactly what the trailer explained what happened only it was like an hour and a half longer than the trailer mm. which i didn't get because i was like i already knew it was happening yeah. I could have just watched the trailer and the video of church yes. and it would have been a Mondo. <laughs> there you go. But I had to sit through an hour and a half of J-Lo. Yeah. She wasn't that bad. Yeah. The music in this was terrible. Um, apparently, no matter how adorable Owen Wilson is, even he cannot save a film. No matter how his blue steel steals away your heart. This movie was terrible. I can't give a anything more just because five minutes in the movie was the funniest five minutes I've ever seen. Because I have a feeling that they did not know that was as funny as they were doing it. Oh, I they think, did. I think they were probably serious. No, they were not. Yeah, no, this was you a mean, rage. The movie is the movie is absolutely terrible. From the time from the time that she she doesn't know how to use a fucking blender. And so she... Yeah, there's terrible there's, things in No, it. the entire... There was not one thing that was original in this other than that video. Nothing. It, they have, like, every rom-com, yeah. there's, like, the Carrie Fisher comedy friend. No, I'm not. I'm, I'm trying to not have you say anything, but this is a rage. This movie was awful. Not going to say it's a rage. Ugh, you are mentally ill. So You, you watch... Big bug, and you gave it a rage. Yeah, and you're it was gonna, awful. Oh my god, you are mentally ill. I okay, cannot believe. I can't. I can't stop talking about how terrible this movie was, yes. and that five minutes is the only thing good in it. Yes. Now, please tell me. I cannot believe we actually went to this, but to be honest, I'm glad we did. In a weekend <sighs> of very low expectations, this was the second film in cinema that was not as bad as I had anticipated. 
And really, how could it be? Owen Wilson is adorable, and Sarah Silverman can make me laugh with her facial expressions alone. I mean, J-Lo was in it, but she wasn't terrible. Do not get me wrong, the sappy ending and the overall theme was blah, but the in-between segments had me laughing more than I thought, and I could in the presence of, uh, than I thought I could in the presence of Jennifer Lopez. And to be honest, the performance of the song Church was worth the price of admission all by itself. I did not love this film, and I did not dislike it at all. And dare I say, I kind of liked it. I had a pretty good time watching this, so I guess that makes it meh. This movie is terrible. I can't believe... The, 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 the times the, that you were laughing, though, wasn't laughing because it was funny. You were laughing at how stupid it was. There were times, does that count? You know, it, it does count. There were times that w- I was laughing at how stupid it was, but I do believe that the the, uh, the writers and the directors also realized how stupid it was. I don't know. I'm pretty sure they did. I don't think so. People who make rom-coms don't think that way. They think this is a love story mm, this and people should this make was, it fun. This wasn't, no. this wasn't the typical rom-com. It was exactly... The, it had the exact same no. plot as it, every... Yeah. You, could, you could literally have written it... Like I said many times before yes, with rom-coms, but, but with you could take the script from the very first rom-com, which I'm not sure what it is, and then just plant it in there but and put got, a couple of comedic guests on the a, side. You got a little it was Sarah not, Silverman It doesn't mixed matter. In. It doesn't matter. You got a little Owen Wilson mixed in. doesn't matter. Which makes it meh. No. Okay. I just wanted to be known that Bryce is an idiot on this, <laughs> and he's an idiot on Big Bug. Unless you like romance movies, don't see this movie. It's terrible. It's not that bad. Just watch the video of Church Definitely on YouTube. Definitely watch the video I, for Church. I wish Church. I could see that video. I went on to, to uh, YouTube. The actual video for that song is boring. There's what? No, there's no nuns. It's just her singing. It's like it's not based off the Damn, movie. Murray. It's just a basic Maybe video. search the movie version Maybe. of Church. Maybe someone will, will that, uh, upload it or something. I would say... Yeah. That other than that, that was probably worth the price of admission because I only paid ten dollars. There you go. But the rest of the movie made me. That makes it meh. Sick to my stomach. I threw up a little bit. (laughs) In fact, a lot. Speaking of sick, (laughs) these two were vehemently opposed to seeing Blacklight, which is the next old man Liam Neeson movie, which. I really enjoy. And these two. Which you convinced us to see. I didn't convince you with nothing. I went by myself intentionally, but Bryce apparently decided he needed to see it anyway. I also went by myself. Yes, intentionally. That's, there you go. Actually, actually, this is leading to a knock. Did, did you actually part. see it? Oh, you're going to find uh, out. Uh, okay. It was Bryce ruined the surprise. <laughs> anyway, Sorry. Um, uh, yeah, old man, Le- old man Liam Neeson plays Travis Block, a government operative come to terms with his shadowy past and basically all the crap he's done. Uh, when he discovers a plot terrorizing U.S. citizens, Block finds himself in the crosshairs of the FBI director. Yeah, also he wants terrorizing audiences. <laughs> uh, this is going downhill. Uh, oh, it is. Call it a guilty pleasure, but I truly enjoy watching Liam Neeson, the old man, kicking ass. Though there wasn't nearly as much in this one. He could barely lift his legs. Fun fact, this film reunites Neeson with Aiden Quinn, who both played the same character in Unknown. What? Yeah. 
Uh, I'd like to say I loved okay. this film, but I didn't. What? what? Murray! Story was no, blah. No, Murray! The story was blah, which you would expect from a script written by a former government politician. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Neeson was decent. The rest of the cast was just blah. Just give it a rage. Uh, I did enjoy the chase scene between Neeson's Dodge Charger and the garbage <laughs> truck. Really? What? I haven't seen a good... He never got... Didn't get a scratch. Not a single uh, scratch on his car. Not one. I have a feeling all three of us are going to talk about that. <laughs> uh, I, I haven't seen a good heavy vehicle chasing like that since Eddie Murphy stole that cement mixer in Beverly Hills Cop 2. Okay. Um, I could never... Give, give Liam a rage. A rage. Never. Oh, you know it deserves but it. But this is definitely a low man. Still glad I saw it, and I enjoyed it a hell of a lot more than Jackass. Mm. Apparently, because you gave that a rage. Yes. Go ahead. All right, Liam Neeson, you need to stop. This is getting out of hand. It pains me to watch you do action sequences, and please never run in a movie again. I'm in pain watching you almost as much pain as you seem to be in. Um, I'm going to pass on this, or sorry, I'm going to pass this on to Jim now as I'm sure he will echo everything I would say anyway. <laughs> and we can discuss after. Go ahead, Jim. Tell us about the horrible acting, implausible script, the horrible little vomit-inducing kid, the dumb conveniences, and the just overall ridiculousness. I mean... Come on. <laughs> <laughs> you drive one of the most recognizable cars on the street. You're running from the FBI and you park the, it right outside the motel room you're staying at. That's smart. And As an with, expert FBI eight undercover agent. That was with the ending. You expect me to believe a man that has done wrong and would do or kill anyone to keep his mission going would all of a sudden repent because Liam Neeson says he should be ashamed? What is going on? This is no indication. There's no indication this man would be ashamed of anything he has done. Okay, Jim, go ahead. We'll discuss this after. And really, Neeson's tricked out car cannot catch up to and is outmaneuvered by a garbage, a garbage truck. truck? What is right. going on? By the, young, is, the younger, this, faster Liam Neeson. This is such an unbelievable rage. Okay, I mean it this time. Take it away, Jim. Are you sure? I'm sure. Oh, we're going to talk about this for the rest of the podcast. I'm just giving you a heads up. Okay. <clears throat> no one mentioned that the subtext on this story was they're going to need more men. Yeah. For what? Yeah. Does anyone know why they need more men? Well, because they're changes diaper. Apparently there were only two FBI agents that are working for the director of the FBI. Yeah, but then two, same, four same showed up when he had to kill them all. But there's at still the dude's only house. four. FBI has thousands of agents. Apparently, Murray doesn't know either. Okay. Not, like I said, it wasn't written very well. But, but what about why they called it the movie Blacklight? There was some, which I also don't understand. There's some implied thing about UV light. Wait, wait. That let's I don't find remember. out if Murray knows. <laughs> yes, because I watch crime dramas, and a blacklight is used to spot yeah. fluids and blood. Okay, so crime so, so in this movie, in this movie, was there a blacklight ever I can used? Tell, no, but this was basically bringing to light 
all the crap the FBI, the shady FBI oh, guys were doing. Oh, they a black light on what the FBI is doing. It was a metaphorical and, black light. And seeing oh, all the jizz stains. All the jizz <laughs> stains. <laughs> the jizz stains. Okay, See, so, you should have gone with me. I would have so, explained it to you. So we're going to need more men for the cleanup of the jizz stains. That's exactly what I'm getting from this. Okay, well, you know what? I don't fucking care anyway. So um, <laughs> I promised myself and the rest of the world that I was not going to do this. I know. You lied what's to me. What's worse... You lied to me. What's worse is, as much as I promised it to myself yeah. never to see another Liam Neeson movie, but what made it worse was I subjected my wife to going to see an old man Neeson You're movie. You're a bad husband. At the end of this movie, I was in such a rage that it almost caused my marriage of many, many years to be taken away Mm, I see what you did there. Yeah. Three times taken uh, away. We uh, literally argued all the way home about who was more raging and about which part of the movie was more stupid and idiotic. We had to drive home in silence. And my back is still sore from sleeping on the couch for three nights for the suffering I subjected my wife to. This film is by far the worst old man Neeson movie to date. It is. I'm assuming that it was written for or by really old people who have a form of old person slow mental challenge or dementia or for seven or eight year olds who haven't completely formed their brains. This is assuming as every single scene had a moment of idiocy and literally took the characters in the movies five minutes to understand what was happening. So they would bring back into the storyline and re-explain exactly what you just already saw. It was almost like having a narrator coming in and trying to explain the blatantly obvious things that apparently they assumed the audience was too dense to understand. You know, when you're watching a movie with your grandfather and every five minutes he asks you, what did he say? Or what was happening? I just dozed off. And then, you have to go and re-explain it to him. This shows Neeson as a complete idiot, where he apparently is the best in the FBI at knowing how to get things done, mm. Neeson style. From moment one, when he goes to rescue the lady in the mobile home, where there is an angry, surprisingly racist mob standing in a five line out in front where there's two cops guarding it. It's like they couldn't get past those two cops. Mm. And Neeson, with his genius, just walks to the back and puts his head in the window and He's says, hey, so smart. what's up? But but then he goes and creates this like weird diversion anyways. Why didn't he just, you know... He'd just pull just her out grab, the window. Pull her out the window and Yeah, go. that's exactly what I was wondering. I was like, why not just well, pull her out the window? They don't... They, that, that right away, I was just like, okay, I can see where this movie's going. Because they're, they're racist. You want to blow to, their stuff up. Oh, yeah. Well, that makes <laughs> way more sense. To the unneeded garbage truck chase, yeah. where the agent who's driving is convinced that a garbage truck can outrun a Mustang through the city. To the completely obvious storyline, where I learned nothing new, and I lean over to my wife and explain a play-by-play of what exactly is going to happen next every five seconds. She eventually had to slap me and tell me to shut the fuck up. To every single scene in this movie, that was completely awful and rage-inducing, but as per usual, I wasn't truly in a full-on Nissan level of rage, or as I like to say, an NLR. Until 
There was one thing that we were all waiting to happen. Finally came to light. Now, what could be missing from a Liam Neeson movie that maybe would wait the entire half the movie because we were going to be surprised that it could possibly happen? What does every single OMN have? What does it have? Hmm. Oh, right. A kidnapping. There's got to be a kidnapping. So, you know, once that happened, my NLR just got into the worst level of NLR I've ever experienced. I want to publicly and on record say that I am sorry, Monique. I know I deserved that punishment on the couch. I will forever promise never to bring you to an OMN film. I don't want to call it film. It's film ever again and even under peer pressure to fit into the cool kids and film rage slap club i will never ever go see another one of his films i will binge watch the entire mary kate and ashley compendium of film classics before i ever go and see one Oh, and in case it's not obvious, this was a sadistic rage and apparently a masochistic one as well. Apparently, I am a bad boy and spanking myself stupidly with a Neeson stick. Please, I am begging both of you now, whenever a Liam Neeson movie comes out, please ask me to give all of my electronic devices away so that I never know that it's coming and that I'll never by accident ever see one again. Is that enough rage? It was a lot. It was so bad. (laughs) I guess this is my revenge (laughs) for making me see through that god awful Jackass movie. Oh, Jackass Jackass was so good. good. Yes, did I? Can we? Can we not? Okay, so after he goes on his splurged race through the city with a garbage truck and uh, and his fabulous car, and then. The guy jumps out and runs right to his person who's his contact at the newspaper. And then Neeson walks up to her and then he just like, okay, whatever. Apparently I don't need to know any facts. Or when his family goes missing and he supposedly knows everything about everything. And he's like, I better start making some phone calls to schools and stuff. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I was just like, what is happening right now? The weird thing is at the end too, where he's like talking to Aiden Quinn's character and he's like, He's like going on and on and on and on and on and on, but at no point does he bring up his family until like the very end. Wouldn't that be the first thing? Yeah, like I will kill you if you do not give me your my family back. Yeah, or how about they go and destroy Aiden Quinn's house, and then Aiden Quinn's not even there. Like he just left. He's like, okay, I can't be at my own house when they're destroying it. The very next day, he's just going to work like it's a normal day. It's like if. If I didn't know yet whether or not Liam Neeson, who's supposedly the most amazing killer machine on the planet, I'd go into hiding, I would think. I don't think I'd be walking down the street. I I sat there and I was me and there's probably about seven other people in the theater because I saw it in like the afternoon. And I, I had to stop myself because I kept on saying out loud, what is going on? <laughs> <laughs> and, and people would look at me. I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. But do you know? Because <laughs> I don't know. What is going on? This is stupid. I think Murray summed it up well when he said, oh. they blowed up stuff real good. They did. They did. Yeah. There was some stuff that oh, blew yes. up. I'll be the first to admit, uh, Liam Neeson's character wasn't the brightest bulb in this movie. <laughs> I know. It's like he spent 20 years killing people for the FBI, didn't think twice about it, and then he just discovered, oh, my boss is crooked. That 
part did bother me. I will admit that. But like I said, it wasn't written well. Like it was like I looked it up. It was written by a work guy who worked for the government for like 20 years. <laughs> it wasn't a Hollywood producer, director, writer. It was a this common guy who took no writing classes who thought, I'm going to write a movie. That's I, exactly what you got. I, I love the fact that Bryce had mentioned over the weekend that um, if we had cinemas completely open around the world, we never would have got this at the cinemas, I don't think. Oh, yeah, this would, this would have been straight it. to Netflix video, yeah. or, or oh, something. Cool. Yeah. All right. You know what time it is? It is, uh, yeah. You already noticed the time it was. Oh, I do. <laughs> Temperature rising. Vision blurring. Rage taking over. I don't think Jim has any rage left. There's always enough room for rage. It's like my grandpa used to say when we'd watch Liam Neeson movies and. His head's gonna explode any minute. And then. Oliver Bryce's brand new carpet. Just like ice cream, there's always enough room for rage, my grandpa used to say. <laughs> Did he really say that? Yeah, of course. Oh, wow. He was awesome. <laughs> so, it's, it may come as a surprise to me, and you, and everybody listening, that my rage this week is my wife for making me sleep on the couch for three days after watching Liam Neeson. That's it. Monique, yes. I'm taking back my apology. My back is sore. Thank God you're a massage therapist. You can fix hey, it later. Your wife put up with me for like five hours watching the Super That's true. Bowl, so she said it was the just, best five minutes you, of her life. Yeah, well, she kind of fell asleep during the exciting part. But <laughs> she, at least she watched it. So True enough. Go. Yeah. Liam Neeson, please stop making movies. Just please, please stop making Not movies. until he's dead, Jim. Well, there's always hope. Oh, you can make movies. Which one? What? What movies? Just don't do any action scenes. There you go. Okay, then. Well, he has a son now. So. Dark Man 2. I'm waiting for it. There already was one. Dark Man 3. I'm already waiting for there it. There you go. <sighs> well, my rage is what else? Liam Neeson just stopped <laughs> making action movies. I realize they just give, they just keep giving you these scripts, and you think it is funny, but it is not. It is just sad. It's ruining family relationships for years to come. And it has to stop. And to your agent, I say, stop enabling your client and keep these scripts away from them. There was a time when you were a solid actor and now you will ever, forever be known as a joke. That is on you. That is my rage. Yeah, I would throw some pile of shit on that too. Burning shit. Because yeah. he was amazing in Dark Man. He was amazing in um, probably one of my favorite uh, Despair Mothers, The Good Mother, which I don't think you've ever seen yet, have you? No. Which you have to see. He was brilliant in that. Mm-hmm. He's been brilliant in a few things. You didn't like him in Rob Roy, though, did you? Not really. Okay. Maybe that was the start of his action films. <laughs> <laughs> and it was downhill from there. So, Murray, what's your favorite Liam Neeson movie? Do you have one? I like a lot of them. I like the Takens. You like all of them? I like the Takens. All three of them. What? That was the start of my, my, my love fest with Liam Neeson. That and, and he had a freaking lightsaber in Star Wars, okay? That was just cool. Uh, anyway. Yep it. Yep it. Yep it. There's a gender's list, too. Rage subsiding. 
I jumped the gun there. At Cinema Recall, we want to present to you the finest in film analysis. Yeah, like action and gore and sex. We will look at classics by Kubrick, Lynch, Godard, De Palma, and Coppola. I don't know who the f that is, but I'm looking at classic bodies of Christina Hendricks, Keanu Reeves, Salma Hayek, Ryan Reynolds. We are a serious show for film lovers who enjoy indie foreign films, art house gems, and classic black and white features. Well, I enjoy big budget blockbusters with great action and sexy people. Maybe our podcast can celebrate all aspects of films, like people who feel like your weird way and like people who feel like my weird way can like get together, man. They can? Yeah. You know, I like that. Cinema Recall is available everywhere you find great podcasts. Follow them on Facebook and Instagram under Cinema Recall Podcast and on Twitter at Cinema underscore Recall. Freaking love the Vern. Oh, baby. All right. <clears throat> Please tell me this isn't the top. Liam Neeson Best Liam movies. Neeson movies of all time. Oh, fuck me now. <laughs> Though I should be doing that for next week. Um, I actually didn't have any good ideas this week. So, so I, pulled, Neeson I pulled this off the net. All Liam Neeson actually, all had, the I've time. Had, I've had this in my back pocket for a couple of weeks, but... Again, because we moved up our podcast time by like four hours, I wasn't... Wasn't as prepared. I wasn't prepared. Anyway... Um, it's a list of the worst reviewed actors in Hollywood, according to critics. Okay, so it's not your list. No, it's the critics it's list. The list I pulled off the net. It's a big list, so I'm so, going to do this in three parts. Part one begins now, starting with Madonna. Uh, maybe Madonna should just stick to singing, which I'm also not that fond of, but at least she's more respected in. Throughout her acting career, she's gotten no fewer than seven Razzies. That's more than any other actress ever. I, I guess she has those seven Grammys to console her. Mm. Oh, counter. Uh, next up, Gary Busey. The Busemeister. In 1979, he got an Oscar nomination for his work in the Buddy Holly story. Yep. These days, he's best known as appearing on reality TV and in straight-to-video features. Nice. He's also the only person who ever looked crazier than Donald Trump on Celebrity Apprentice. <laughs> and the dude just should have worn a helmet. <laughs> True that. In case that. you didn't know, he was in a motorcycle accident, and that's when the crazy came out. Uh, next up, Jessica Alba. 2018, nice. she set a record for the most poorly reviewed movies of the past two decades. Wait, so is this from number one down or no, is this, this number is 30 worst, down? From the worst to the least worst. To the least worst, okay. Uh, so yeah, Jessica Alba in 20 years had just one positively reviewed film. That was Sin City. In 20 years. It's so good. Uh, next up, William... Shatner. Oh, the Shat. This one pains me because I'm a huge fan of the Shat. William Shatner like is shat he's beloved in geek culture for his role as Captain Kirk slash TJ Hooker. But he's an acquired taste as a performer. 
He also sings. Yes, he does. The him and the Leonard Nimoy album Stop. is fantastic. We have Gwyneth Paltrow. Ooh, snap. She won an Oscar in 1999 for Shakespeare in Love, but clearly did not deserve it. In 2020, Glenn Close told ABC that when Paltrow won, I thought, what? That doesn't make sense. <laughs> Close felt that Motherfucking Glenn Close Fernanda Montenegro was a better option for the award I love I, I love Glenn more. Close Plus she's a kook with all of her goop nonsense Goopy. Next up one of our beloveds John Travolta Oh baby Unfortunately his misses the seem, They seem to far away his hits The doubted Rotten John Tomatoes he has no fewer than seven movies uh, with zero percent ratings on Rotten Tomatoes, <laughs> those he is, include he is stay, doubted. "Staying Alive," "Look Who's Talking Now," "Gaudy," and "Trading Paint." Whatever the hell that is. Oh, it's bad. He even won a Razzie for that last one. <laughs> we didn't even mention Battlefield Earth. So good. Then one of our favorite girls. Denise Richards. Oh. <laughs> oh, dear Lord. I didn't think we'd ever talk about her again. We can never podcast. stop talking I, about I Denise Richards. I wasn't here Richards. for that whole thing. <laughs> oh. Entertainment Weekly ranked the worst Bond girls ever. She was number one. Do- Dr. With Christmas, a bullet? Dr. Huh? Christmas Jones. Nice. Although I did enjoy the movie. It was just ridiculous that she was a nuclear scientist. Sweet. Uh, the public uh, is the publication uh, actually decreed that the inexplicably sexualized nuclear physicist, its verdict, even Q didn't have a gadget to help Bond escape from that disaster. <laughs> no doubt. Then, one this is going to cause some controversy and little rage from one of you, Nicholas Cage. Mm. That's joke. Has any actor divided opinion like Nicholas Cage, even on our own crew? True some enough. think he's a genius. Some have absolutely no idea why he has an Oscar. You just have to see Pig and you'll know. So even when Cage earned a Razzie Award nomination, some fans still think he at least offers something different. Final decision is up to you. Steven Seagal was once a martial <laughs> arts star. His uh, acting has been totally slammed on a regular basis. Oh, God. Seattle yeah. Times wrote... His on, on-screen personality is petulant and humorless. His voice so grating, you want to reach for a mute button. That's what they said about On Deadly Ground. Could mm. be said about any of his I movies. feel like I'm on Deadly Ground. He what has if- rarely gotten glowing reviews from his co-stars either. Maybe that's why he went to law enforcement. Good for And him. the last one for today, Kate Beckinsale. What? She's made a fair share Vampire. of misses. Yeah. Pearl Harbor, Whiteout, and they claim Underworld series, though I love them. To name just a few, but none of the bad reviews seem to affect her overall self-confidence. She once told Howard Stern in 2021, she had a very high IQ of 152. Oh, I don't doubt that. And she looks damn good in tight leather. As a vampire, she can suck my blood any day. Exactly. Part two to come later. This is the best... This is the best part one ever. Actually, this may be the first part one ever of the Merman Minute. There you go. All right. All right. Well. So what are we doing? Uh, I think we're going to get Murray to get us some list next week. Um, or did I, you put together some for I us put, to I talk about? I put together one. 
like it. Oh, well. I'm, I'm sure we're going to hate it. At least I and, hope we And do. believe me. I, Is I, it Armageddon 2? Was no. there a second one of that? <laughs> I spent like an hour trying to match up actors. I just... Yes. It, it's just hard. I mean, the first one that comes to, to, to my... Two was like Raising Arizona and Fargo, but they all have like five actors in them. Plus, we did Fargo already. Because a, a lot of them, they're not in movies together, so it's kind of hard to find. But Yep. I found one. All right. Let's have it. Called The Wicker Man. Oh, yes. Nicholas Cage... Not the original? Ellen, no. No. Ellen, those people are on our list. <laughs> Nick Cage and Ellen Burstyn, who are both in that movie. Nice. I looked and looked and looked trying to find a where it was streaming. All I could find was Prime. So I may have trouble finding it. But I might have to have a movie party. There you go. Anyway. Okay. I'm game. Okay, then. Brycey. I really don't want to watch The Wicker Man. I hated the original, and I did not like the <laughs> remake either. But we'll get to find out who's it more was, mesmerizing. It was amazingly worse than the it's original. got two mesmerizing. Uh, I think Nick Cage is going to be hitting the bricks, but we'll see. We'll see. I'm not, I'm not going to... Uh, Predict? I'm not going to have any, you know, preconceived Wait a minute. notions. Uh, wasn't, uh, wasn't... I think that's, that, is, that, is a, that's, that particular film, though, is a bit of a death blow to Mr. Cage, but I'll have to watch but it again. But we did see Ellen Burstyn in um, Queen Bees, and she was horrific in that. Yes. Almost enough to remove her. I actually <laughs> tried to find a movie with her in it, so you could remove her, but I couldn't find match her up with anybody else Why do you want to remove her? Why, why, what do we have against her? Well, I couldn't... Well, Other than Queen Bees. Bees. Exactly. <laughs> anyway. Hey, Murray's just looking out for us, Bryce. <laughs> I'm trying to get rid of somebody on the list, and it hasn't been working, so... It's tough. You know it what? Is. Maybe it's because they were mesmerizing to begin with. That's how they got on that the and list. a lot of the Martin movies together, so you can't match them up. Well, the day that Viola Davis and Francis McDormand get on the list together, there you go. it could be a terrible, terrible day for the future someday. of humankind. Mm. Is that all we got? I think that's all we got. Okay. Be prepared next week. Oh, wait. We still have a, what you call it? Oh, yeah. Right. We have Have a whatchamacallit. Having an off day. You know, we got a whatchamacallit. All right. Last week on Rage or Dare, Jim and Bryce pulled from my bucket of rage the racially charged remake 2005 film Guess Who, starring the doubted Ashton Kutcher and Bernie Mac. This week, Bryce is back on his own to pull from Jim's succulent, silky bag of sadism. Let's check in first with Jim and see if Ashton is ultimately doubted, or can we finally take him off the list with this film? Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. No. I don't know. It was. He is pretty, pretty repulsively um, awful. Guess Who is a loose remake of the 1967 film Guess Who's Coming to Dinner, which at the time had a lot to say and was effective on that level. The remake is effective on no level. It has nothing to say, and it is the worst that I have ever seen from Zoe Saldana. And Ashton Kutcher, and that's saying something with Ashton. (laughs) The jokes are sometimes offensive and sometimes not offensive enough. If you're going to make a film like this, you cannot make it PG. You have to go in, all in, and shock the audience. Or you get a bland, unwatchable, and most importantly, unfunny mess. I think you know... The writers had run out of ideas once we got to the go-kart scene. Oh, God, yeah. Was there a go-kart scene in the original? I don't think so. I doubt it. Anyways, this was a rage. 
it's garbage. Yeah, there's so much bad about this. Um, FYI, the music in this was just like all the other Mary Kate and Ashley movies that I've had to see. It was like almost like the exact same music, except when they were listening to the radio. So, um, so from that moment, from the very first song, I was already raging. Five minutes later, and the music did not improve. And oh yes, what a surprise that meeting a dad for the first time he quits his job, but doesn't tell anybody and just becomes a three's company plot for the entire movie. It was so painful. Oh my God. Yeah. Then every minute of this movie got worse in every way for the entire rest of this film. I literally hate films where the entire film plot is based on miscommunication. But this has multiple levels of miscommunication and layers of lies, a.k.a. Three's Company. Did I already mention that? It was very Three's Company? Yeah, it was. Yes, every scene went from one ridiculous, idiotic scene of lies and stupid and was not original in any way and completely destroyed the original film. This is supposed to be influenced on. I mean, the original film, as Bryce had alluded to, was condemning racism. This is... Nothing like that in any way. This film didn't just make me rage, but also made me angry, which is a completely different emotion. I mean, what adult man, woman, child, or monkey can't fucking drive a go-kart? I mean, it's literally things that monkeys can do. One scene to the next, it was stupid, unreasonable, and it was just very painful to watch. This might be... This might actually take out... Hmm. If this takes out... Nine Lives as the worst movie I've seen. <laughs> it's pretty close. They're, I might have to watch them together back to back again. Then walking might be get back on the list. Then <laughs> walking might get back on the best price list. <laughs> I might have to do that. I have to have a because, week of and, no rage, and, though. And I, and I hope that... This does happen because if Walken gets back on the mesmerized list, we can start tossing people off that list because he's starred in a yeah, lot of movies right. with he, a lot of people. He's been with a lot he's of people. A, he's, he's in movies that everybody. Well, you'd think that Buscemi should be able to do that, but Buscemi's not always the best. No. I think he is. But there you go. Not when he's up against Walken. It would be like, bitch slap, see you later. Are they in a movie together? I was just, oh, I'm sure they're in 10 oh, movies yeah, no, together. They, I think no, his credits are like 500 movies no, and Buscemi's was, is like 300. No, he so wasn't in... No, he wasn't a... It wasn't Pulp Fiction, no. Mm. Guess who made me sad? Me too sad. I don't know. Ooh. What are we in an Abbott and Costello scene <laughs> here? Who's on first? Birdie the Mac. The movie Guess Who made oh. me sad. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then. Yeah, I missed that one. Oh, baby. You should have said Guess Who. I don't know. Made hmm. me sad. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so that's enough of this week. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you got I got to pick from the bag now. Pick. Who is this? This is Bryce, isn't oh, it? Bryce's Bryce's turn. Oh yeah, you got to take from my tasty bag. My te- take from my teat. Succulent. Suck, suck from my bag. teat. <laughs> a lot of s's there. Of sadism. Oh, he's taking a big one. He's not. He's. There's two. Oh, there's a little bit. Oh, he took a big one. 
I don't know what this is. What is it? You don't know what that is? You don't know what Pretty Woman is? You don't is? know what Pretty Woman is? Oh, Pretty Woman with Julia Roberts? Yeah. yeah. You've got Pretty Women on oh, there. That's well, it should be a woman. Okay, if there's a oh, movie yeah, called Pretty right. Women, then I'm going to watch oh, it. Right. Yeah, let's see if you, there is. Is Hold it supposed on. to be Pretty Woman? Or Pretty Women? Maybe. Let's you, find out. For those of you at home, he has written down Pretty Women. W-O-M-E-N. That's right. There, do you know there's two Pretty Women's? And I'm just wondering if that's what he meant to write. I or don't think so. Uh, I think I meant Roberts to put. I think I meant woman. to put pretty woman. Yeah. Given his affection, the, do, Julia, the delightful Richard. comedy with Julia Roberts and, and Richard Gere. Yeah, the worst movie I've ever seen, next I, to Nine Lives and Guess Who. I went to that movie by accident, by the way. Accident. <sighs> I, I think you actually, definitely need to rewatch it. I, we were going to something and we ended up in the wrong theater and the other one had already started so we just watched it yeah i feel sorry for you that's happened to me twice in my life where i ended up in the wrong theater i've had that a couple times too i remember one time we were going to big top peewee oh yes so then we sat down and It it wasn't it goes up there and the first thing we see is tom cruise's face and the the dude that that i went with uh his name was nan he goes that's not Pee-wee. <laughs> At which point I laughed for like 15 minutes. It kind of made the fact that, you know, I had to sit through cocktail almost worth it. Cocktail. I literally, uh, also I literally was laughing so hard. That's not Pee-wee. Did you eventually get to see Big Top Pee-wee in cinema? I didn't see it in cinema. That's crazy. I it's never the best there. in yeah. cinemas. Yeah, I had to watch it on my little The kiss scene is almost as good as his death scene. TV, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, So much rage this week, people. (laughs) People, people. Thanks, Ragers, for listening. Thanks to Senate Film Rage crew and family, who you can find on our show notes. Find us everywhere on social media at Film Rage YYC. Check out everything Film Rage at FilmRageYYC.com, including our merch site for Redbubble and Public. Make sure to get your Film Rage Awards t-shirts before the Oscars so your voice can be known. We always want to make this a raging blast for all the listeners, so please comment, like, and subscribe, and send us emails to filmragecalgary at gmail.com. Dare us to see terrible movies to feel our rage, but no matter what you do, why don't you please just make us rage? Please? Pretty please? Please? That's it for this week. Rage on! Rage on! <laughs>